Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We will talk about everything from tips and myths on gear, maintenance, techniques, education, and so much more with our very informed guests who join us every episode. So thank you for tuning in. In today's podcast, we are going to talk about group riding with our special guest from the Alberta Safety Council, Karen McMillan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Leanne. Thanks for having me, for inviting me to come to your 21 campaign. It's awesome to be here. We like having you here. Uh, uh, We have been involved with the Alberta Safety Council from the get-go. You guys have been there from the start when we started this up. Tell me a little bit about why that partnership is important to you. It's just important to have a relationship between everybody in the motorcycling community. So you guys are doing a great job of bringing awareness across Alberta and our goal is to be a part of that, obviously, with education and just bringing up general knowledge to the general public about how to be more aware and increase that awareness for motorcycle safety across the province. And the Safety Council has been around for quite some time. Um, How long have you been there? And can you tell us a little bit about what the Safety Council offers for motorcycle riders? Yeah, I've been here since 2014 as an instructor. Um, What we offer for courses, we have a couple of courses that are our most popular courses. Let's just put it that way. Three in particular are gearing up motorcycle courses designed for that rider who just wants to get started. It's a course designed to have motorcycle operating safety. So we go from here's how you do up your helmet to in two and a half days, having a really full toolbox of skills that you're going to take with you out on the road. So including Mm -hmm. braking and assertive swerving, those skills that are really important. So that's our most popular one, obviously. The next one we have, we have an advanced rider course. And we suggest that you have some kilometers behind you, about 5,000 kilometers on your bike. You have your classics in place. And you want to bring that skill level up and you want to get some more information as to how to do that. So we get you out on the lot and we focus on cornering, braking, and really assertive swerving again. Those are those things that get us into trouble on the road. We have a lot of people that come back every two or three years to do that course. And they just refresh that constantly. Just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not really practicing. And this is a good reminder to bring those skills up and to really get on them. And the last one that we have that's quite popular too is our street skills course. Need about 1500 kilometers after you've got your license in place. Um, you get on, you, you come out to the safety council for two days. And what we do is we have a classroom portion in the morning and then we go out on the road in the afternoon. So the first day is a little bit of classroom and then it's all in the city for that Saturday. And it's all group riding, believe it or not. What a coincidence. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) it's such a coincidence that it's all about group riding. Yeah, imagine that. (laughs) That is that is what I'm pulling from. And we love our partnerships with our four riding schools, uh, two in Calgary, two up here in Edmonton, because we get to pull from you guys. And you're always willing to talk about all the different topics. So let's jump into group riding, because there's always so many questions about that. And I think we're going to be able to really, you know, set some standards for people through this. 
Uh, tell me what kind of steps you would start with to have a successful group ride. Um, successful steps right off the top, you want to put a pre-ride meeting in place. So when I ride with my buddies and my group, we meet at a gas station. So it's the gas station that's sort of the edge of town to where we're headed. So say we're headed off to Jasper. My buddy lives in St. Albert. We head to that gas station and we gas up. Everybody's on a full tank of gas. And then we can sort of accommodate and have a meeting about, okay, how big is everybody's gas tank? How many kilometers are we going to get to? And then it just creates less anxiety, you know, people's gas tank getting a little low. So that's the first step that we sort of follow on. Um, the second thing that we work on is talking about uh, communication that we're going to have out on the road. So hand signals that are going to be specific to our ride that we're all going to agree on. Things like pulling up to a rest area, where we're going to stop for gas, a signal for single file or stagger formation, a heads up, signals for danger. And then we all have that really clear communication while we're out on the road because not everybody has those headsets that are in place. It's also really important at that pre-ride meeting to decide on the position of your riders and their jobs during that ride. And then last is to plan your route. So if it's me being in the front, I have a tank bag, I have that clear envelope on my tank and I write it in really big letters so that I know where I'm going. I don't really like to have a map necessarily because it's really tiny writing and then you're focused and you're distracted looking down at your tank. If it's a route that you're doing for the first time, for example, you could sort of have that written down for everybody just to stuff it in their pockets. And in the event that you got separated, you have a rendezvous point already established and then you can meet down the road somewhere. So we all know where we're headed. So that's sort of those things that we're gonna, we're gonna do. Um, the next thing that we really wanna focus there as well is the position of the riders in the group. Uh -huh. During that meeting, we wanna have a lead rider you know, picked out. That lead rider is gonna be your most experienced rider and their job is to make sure that the group is safe, they're going to point out any road hazards that there are, and they're going to determine the safest and best course of action for the group at all times. So they have a lot of experience doing that. They're also going to determine the pace of the group. And we're going to keep an eye out for the weather, and they're going to determine the next move. They might even have that change of route. So it's always good to have an alternate route picked out for your ride. Because they have a lot of experience, they're going to be skilled with those hand signals for that clear communication across the entire group or down the line. And they're also going to be in charge of when the group passes and does lane changes and stuff. That all sounds lovely. I mean, you don't want to be that person who, like you said, when you meet at a gas station, great place to meet. You don't want to be that guy that shows up for a group ride with no gas and there's no gas in sight. So exactly. Yeah. Right. It creates a lot of anxiety, you know, then you're not really enjoying the ride. You're constantly looking down at your fuel gauge, right? Uh, oh, people have fuel gauges? <laughs> who do? Yeah. Because I don't. <laughs> so you talk about the order of the riders. Um, yeah. There's also kind of how you would travel along safely as a group, because you see a lot of people who ride in tandem, which is actually illegal in it Alberta. Is. You bet. Uh, what is the proper lane positioning for everybody to be in? And when might that change? 
Yeah, so the proper lane positioning within a group, you want to ride in a staggered formation. So again, your lead rider is going to give you that signal to ride in that staggered formation. And that's the positioning that you should maintain for the entire rest of the ride. So your lead rider is going to ride in a dominant lane position. And what I mean by that is say you have two lanes of travel, you're traveling north and oncoming is going south. That lead rider is in the dominant lane position, which is the left tire track for that staggered formation. So left tire track, like obviously not right on that line, somewhere within that track, perhaps a little more centered towards the center of the lane. Second rider is going to be a second behind in the right tire track. So we have that staggered formation. Third rider, again, is going to return to the dominant lane position. They are another second behind rider number two. So between rider one and rider three, we have two seconds of space. Rider four assumes the right-hand tire track. And then rider five is going to ride in that left tire track. And that's your rear guard position as well. So we're keeping that dominant lane position in effect across the entire group with that staggered formation so that we have the appropriate spacing. And you want to keep your group to five people-ish so that the group isn't too spread out when you're traveling. It's so it's kind of, yeah, go ahead. It's kind of like a, a zigzag back and it forth. It is, absolutely. From over top. Yeah, it would be, right? And you don't want to get too spaced out. So if your group exceeds five or the spacing in between riders gets too big, it's a hazard to vehicles that are trying to pass you. So if you've only got two lanes of travel, if your group is getting too big or too spread out, someone is going to pass that group and there is oncoming traffic, they will cut into you, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's they got to keep themselves safe as well. So, so the dominant lane position that you're talking about, uh, I, when I came, I'm an ASC grad, so I'm happy to <laughs> say I've done my course with you guys. But back in that day, it was always, you know, right in that left-hand side of the lane, but that has somewhat grown a bit into, that can sometimes change to the right-hand side of the lane, depending on how many lanes there are in a road. Absolutely. So if you move over, so say you have two lanes of travel, if you're going down to Calgary, right? You've got two lanes of travel going south. If you switched over to that left lane, you were in that right and everybody moved over. Yeah. The group switches positions, right? So now lead rider is position one and they are in the right tire track. And again, the staggered formation just resumes on that other side, but we always want to maintain that dominant position so that people aren't cutting into us in those lane positions. And that's if everybody rides close to the curb, or out to the outside edges of the wide side of the lanes, it makes it so that people, we are not as visible in traffic, right? So we want to establish that we've we've claimed that space for us, right? And I've always tried to think of that as, um, where am I seen by the driver of that car in their mirrors? So exactly. if you're in the left lane, they're looking in their right side mirror. If you're in the right lane, they're looking in their left side mirror. So that first person should always be protecting your lane closest to where their mirrors would be. Seen. Exactly. Yeah. Or shoulder checking if they do. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. And that's the whole point of bringing up the awareness, right, is to help drivers recognize that they need to do extra shoulder checks. Right. Yes. And then you mentioned five is a good number for a group. I've always heard six. So we're about the same on that. When we go into something like a a charity ride, 
sometimes you don't have that option. A lot of charity rides in that first leg will always make you parade. And therefore you're stuck in this giant group of God knows who. Exactly. How would you tackle that as, you know, an individual coming into this? And when would you break off from that? You have to really bring your awareness up when you're going to ride in a really large group like that. So it could be, you know, a hundred riders or some of those events that we have in Edmonton, for example, the Santa's Anonymous Toy Run. There's upwards of about 3,000 motorcyclists, right? With a wide variety of skills. You don't know what anybody's going to do in that situation, right? So get a really good night's sleep, (laughs) pump up on the coffee, right? And expand that awareness bubble around you. Um, Another really good thing to do is practice your slow speeds skills before you get to that ride, because there are points where you are going to be driving incredibly slow within that humongous group of people, right? Um, Again, if you're wanting to break away from the group, you're just really wanting to give a lot of time to the riders around you and you're going to position yourself accordingly. So say you want to break off to the right, signaling over there, lots of shoulder checks to you know, clearly intend, okay, I'm going to move off now and a lot of signaling and then breaking away after that, right? Those slow speed skills, they come in handy with, uh, you need to exercise your clutch hand. (laughs) Exactly. And then you're hoping that the group stops just so you can sort of rest for a minute, right? But yeah, exactly. But, you know, if you don't ride or you don't practice it off and then you want to, you know, give yourself a little bit of time to get that in order before you head into those big rides. Yeah, no, exactly. I've been on a few and I think uh, for like, with the toy run, for example, that you'd spoken about, it's just one parade route from one end to the other. Exactly. And then on poker runs, there's different stops. And I've always mentioned to people, like if they're going to make you parade through that first leg, break off after that into your smaller group with your friends and enjoy yeah. the day. Because exactly. the, the last thing that we need is for the attention of what that charity ride is to be taken away from the cause because of yeah. a collision. Yeah, exactly. Any other tips for group riding that you think uh, that we maybe didn't mention? Um, you, again, you want to have that, those hand signals really in, in a, in, you want to have the hand signals that everything is clear communication the entire time, right? And following that group lead and making sure that the, the reason that they're there is they're your most experienced rider, right? They're in control of what's going on and they're there to help you out and keep you safe. Um, the thing about the people that are in the middle of the group, so I mentioned a lead rider in a rear guard position, the people in the center of the group, those are the folks that you're keeping safe because they, a lot of the times, are the folks that are less skilled or it's their first time out on a big ride or maybe it's their first time out on the highway. Super important when you're in those group riding situations is to really manage your own skill level and ride your own ride. A lot of the times we get swept up in the moment and we feel the need to keep up with those people, right? So that pre-ride meeting is sort of a chance to give everybody a, you know, okay, this is how I really feel. This is how I, how much experience I've had. I've only gone at this speed on the highway. I'm a little uncomfortable if it gets too windy or whatever the case may be. And giving them the support that they need so that their confidence goes up. And if we can do it in small increments, then they get more and more comfortable every time that they go out with us, right? 
And every once in a while, there's a group or a person in the group who may not be riding to the standards that everybody agreed on. Um, That happens from time to time. How would you approach that to maybe either have them smarten up or remove them from the group? Yeah, you just have to remind them when we have those little rendezvous points, those predetermined points when we have that little meeting and when we stop for gas or we're going to stop at a restaurant say hey you're you're starting to affect the rest of the group so you have to keep your lane position you have to keep your spacing your climbing up on people's tailpipes riding in a group is everybody is part of that group and everything that anybody does within the group affects the rest of us so if you can't go with that then perhaps this is not the group for you to be with. Maybe you need to go solo, right? That is the perfect line. If if it's not working, this isn't the right group for you. Yeah. Make it. And, and people need to speak up about that. Karen, I want to thank you so much for your time today and all those amazing tips for group riding. Safety is always paramount when it comes to groups. Yeah. To make sure that you don't miss out on any of our upcoming podcasts or listen to previous ones, please make sure you follow us where you get your podcast ear candy. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or a guest you'd like you think would be great for the show, let us know. How? Well, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where you'll also get more information on motorcycle safety and awareness or reach out through our website at ab-amss.org. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe, and think bike. See you out on the road.